And I really appreciate you stopping by today. I want to thank Texas Scorecard for sponsoring today's episode, and I want to invite you to check out all of their great articles, podcasts, and video content at texasscorecard.com. Well, in this week's episode, we have a very special guest. She was a Republican nominee for governor in the great state of Arizona in 2022, as well as a former retired television newscaster. You can find her any day of the week out on the trail, continuing her fight for freedom and liberty in our great nation. Let's meet her now. Carrie Lake, it's so great to meet you. Welcome to Backroom Access. Thank you for taking the time to sit down with me today. I'm excited about it, Jeff. It's good to be back here in Texas. Well, it's great to have you. Um, you know, I, I really was struggling with what I was gonna talk to you about, the questions I was gonna ask, and so I just thought, you know what, we'll keep it real, and we'll just uh, go into real time, and, and we've been following you, we've been following your adventures, uh, and, and like I, I really feel like I'm talking to the legitimate governor of Arizona. I really feel like after watching all of the shenanigans that went on over there, uh, that was a pretty raw deal. I don't know if you'd like to talk to that today, but uh, one of the things I'd like to really kind of emphasize or, or talk about is our current border crisis. Mm -hmm. I've, I've talked with a number of people on the podcast over the last year, and we've talked about the border. I have sheriffs that I talk to and, and district attorneys and people like that down on the border and it's really out of control mm -hmm. uh, and I know that you had said during your campaign that one of the first things you were going to do if you were elected as governor was to declare an invasion mm -hmm. if I recall correctly. Within minutes of taking office. Exactly. After taking the oath of office it, when my hand came up the Bible declare an invasion at our southern border because that's exactly what it is. Right. And I think that's why Texans were following our race so closely. I think next to Arizonans, Texans were following mm -hmm. that gubernatorial race mm -hmm. because they saw in me a candidate who wanted to get in there and get things done. I worked for almost 30 years as a journalist. I covered all of the issues. Mm -hmm. Most of our problems, many of them in Arizona, you can trace back to this wide open border. Mm -hmm. The fentanyl crisis, crime spikes on our streets not being safe because we don't know who's coming in. Exactly. A lot of dangerous people are coming in. Mm -hmm. uh, the homeless issue, how do you bring people off the streets and get them off drugs when there's a non-stop supply of drugs? Mm -hmm. uh, education spending and issues there. Um, um, basically, our, our services going to people who are here illegally. And the crime and, and what it's doing to our children, they're, they're roping our children into some of this trafficking now. It's just outrageous. and. I realized that we had politicians who've been running for three decades, as, mm -hmm. almost as long as I've been in Arizona, saying they were going to do something about the border, but they never did. 
until President Trump came around. Mm -hmm. And so my plan was to immediately call it what it is, an invasion, invoke Article 1, Section 10 of the United States Constitution. Mm -hmm. We have an invasion, our people are in danger, imminent danger, and, and time, there's no time for delay. Mm -hmm. We don't have to wait for Joe Biden, who opened our border up, mm -hmm. to do the right things for our citizens. And I'm surprised your governor hasn't done more. Well, it's funny you mention that because uh, I, I feel the same way. Uh, Governor Abbott has con continually dodged the question of, uh, hey, are you going to declare an invasion or not? And um, as you mentioned, Article 1, Section 10, it's the Compact Clause. Uh, there's, a, there's a word in there, I think, that, that stands out more to me than any other word, and that's unless, okay? And... Um, I've talked with a number of smart people that, you know, have, have said, hey, the governor has the power to, to declare an invasion and do something about it, but he doesn't. And Arizona didn't really, you know, I, I think it was uh, A.G. Brinovich. Yep. Uh, I think. Mark Brinovich. Yes. Uh, I think. He's uh, no longer the A.G. But. Right. But, but while he was in office, I think he had made some sort of declaration or, or such. Yeah. He and, basically upheld um, the ability for the state and said, yeah, the way I read it and what's going on, there is an invasion mm -hmm. and you can do this. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, our governor wasn't strong enough. Yeah. I don't know why these governors don't think it's their, their duty to help protect the citizens. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think that, that everything that we see going on right now, uh, and, and, and quite frankly, cities, counties, every state is now a city, county, or border state, we're being invaded from the south and the north. Mm -hmm. And do you think that this is by design for some reason? Because I do. Yes, I absolutely do. Uh, every state is a border state. This is why we have to have strong border governors. And I think this is why they stole that election from me. They knew that mm -hmm. as an outsider, I was gonna get in there and do exactly what I said mm -hmm. and secure that border and stop the narco-terrorists from pumping in drugs, which are killing our young people. The CCP, our enemies, are in on it. They're supplying the drugs and supplying the ingredients for those drugs. And we have a government sitting there watching it happen. I didn't initially start off thinking that our government was involved, but towards the end of my campaign, 525 days, probably my 10th trip down to the border, and I sat there for about three hours and watched busload after busload of people. They come over, they're processed, they come into the inland, and then who knows where, where they go, but I have a feeling they never leave. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, this, the government is, is part of this. Right. The number one partner of the cartels is Joe Biden. Yes, exactly. Because he's not doing anything, and he has the power to do something. And he's actually making it worse by what he's doing. He puts Mayorkas there. Mm -hmm. He gives Kamala Harris the czar position at the border. Mm -hmm. She's never even been to the border. And they've done absolutely nothing except bring millions of people in, house them while we have millions or hundreds of thousands of homeless citizens uh, allowing our children to get their hands on fentanyl. They've done nothing except make the problem worse. Mm -hmm. Tells me they're part of it. They're part of the problem. You mentioned the cartels. Um, do you think the cartels and the current administration in Arizona are somehow working together? I know that might be a loaded question, but I, the reason I ask that is because I saw that on, on social media or, or someplace in an article, and uh, there, there seems to be breadcrumbs leading to that conclusion that uh, there may be some sort of connection, and that's why things just 
continue to be open. It defies logic. It defies human logic as to, you know, why this is happening. And when you look at the situation, you know, just face value, you ask yourself, this can't be. I mean, you know, if, if people were walking out into the middle of the street in front of buses and getting run over, you'd think, well, the way to fix that is stop walking out in the middle yeah. of the street. And it's the same way with the border being open. Um, our government is allowing this to happen. And you mentioned Governor Abbott. Uh, I've talked with so many people that have asked the same question. Why doesn't Greg Abbott stand up and do something? So wh what are your thoughts? Uh, I think it's a very um, intricate web mm -hmm. of corruption. It doesn't just start with the cartels at the border. I think you think of the cartels and you think of, uh, you know, like the, the Pablo Escobar types mm -hmm. and all that. This is, it, it goes beyond that. And we've got um, criminal cartels working in, in various different entities around our, our um, country in different crimes. It's not all just border crime. You've got all kinds of banking schemes, and there's mm -hmm. just a million different schemes and crimes. It's, it's really kind of almost mafia. And I think when we see what happened from uh, what we learned from Hunter Biden's laptop, that our own, the man who's in the White House, Joe Biden, is involved with a bunch of uh, criminal activity. So it is a, a very tangled web of corruption, and it's all tied in, I, I believe, to this, this uniparty, the Democrats and Republicans. This is why, for decades, they've done nothing to help the people. They've watched as our uh, country has uh, deteriorated, gone downhill, our strength, we've gotten weaker, and they're all for supporting that rotten, corrupt system because mm -hmm. they're making money off of it or benefiting off of it. Mm -hmm. But the people are suffering. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't... I know, I think you're referring to some uh, testimony that happened about a month or so back in yeah. Arizona. Yeah. I'm not sure how much of that is the, the you know, Mexican drug cartels, but I will tell you this. They stole that election, and I know at least three of us at the top of the ticket won mm -hmm. based on some really good, solid polling. I won, Abe Day won in the uh, Attorney General's office, mm -hmm. and Mark Fincham, I believe, won in the Secretary of State's office. But they couldn't have us there because we were going to root out that corruption right. at every level. That's why we got into it. And right now, sitting in our Secretary of State's office is a man named Adrian Fontes. He is a cartel lawyer. He's a cartel lawyer. He was a, a Mexican cartel lawyer, a, a lawyer for the cartels. And that's pretty damn scary, if you ask me. And, and that, they, that they would just take this election from a sabotage election day, intentionally print the wrong image on the ballot, mm -hmm. jamming up the machines, a quarter of a million ballots got spit out unreadable on election day, four and five hour lines, 61% of the polling locations, almost all of it in the Republican areas, we're non-functioning, mm -hmm. and they want us to look away and say, no, that wasn't really, that wasn't a problem. It was a hiccup, is what they called it. Right. People were unable to vote. People walked away, and Arizonans are fed up. They know what happened on Election Day. The rest of the country might say, oh, it wasn't that bad. No, it was really, really bad in Arizona, probably mm -hmm. the worst we've ever seen it, mm -hmm. and that's why we have to fight it. Well, there were other states that were involved as well, Georgia, Michigan, yeah. Pennsylvania. Wisconsin. Oh, we need our few corrupt states. That's, that's it. And they can chart the course for the country's future. Right. This is what I say when I go, when, Jeff, when I go all over the country now and I'm speaking. I go to Iowa. Why should you care about it? You know, maybe your elections aren't as bad. Very few are as bad mm -hmm. as Arizona. But you should care because you guys vote. Things are pretty good. You vote for the people that you want in office. But 
you're not getting the results you want because all you need are four or five big counties mm -hmm. with corrupt individuals running corrupt elections mm -hmm. to really make your vote inert. It right. won't even count. Right. Because we're, the people of Iowa didn't vote for Joe Biden. Nobody voted for Joe Biden. Very few people did. He did not get 181, or uh, he did not get 81 million, million. legitimate yeah. votes. You have to be stupid if you think that. It's mathematically impossible. You, you look at the facts, it's impossible. Right. But unfortunately, even in those states where things are being run well, their future is determined by a few corrupt individuals around this country. And we can't have that or we're gonna lose our country. Well, you, you know, really a nation without borders is not a nation. And right now, we don't have borders. They're wide open like a sieve and um, what, what do you see going forward? Because again, I, I talk to a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people are let down. They're feeling like there's no hope. They're feeling hopeless. What do you see going forward, uh, Carrie, as far as the United States and can we right this ship? Can we turn this thing around? Because really and truly, I feel like, you know, if, if they're successful in stealing another election in 24, it's game over. Yeah, I'm, I'm really worried about that. Well. Along the campaign trail, my number one issue was that border. When I got in, nobody wanted to talk about it. The mm -hmm. other Republican candidates were hoping they didn't have to talk about right. it. And I came in like a bull in a china shop and said, we're talking about it because it's wide open and it's contributing to all these other problems. And I'm a mom and I'm worried about mm -hmm. my kids getting their hands on this mm -hmm. you know, fentanyl. So, but then I realized after they stole another election, if we don't talk about our corrupt elections and reform our elections, then it doesn't matter. The border is going to be wide open. None of these problems we want solved will get solved. So right. we have to start by talking about our corrupt elections and demanding we get election reform. Who cares what they say? Who cares what names they call us? It doesn't matter. That is really critical. And we have to make our county officials um, hold them responsible and pressure our lawmakers and just talk about it. Share stuff online. Don't be afraid to do that. Mm -hmm. It's critical because if we lose another election, we're in trouble. And we're not losing them. They're, they're being stolen from right. us. Right. I think we do have a chance to right the ship. And that's why I'm a huge supporter of President Trump. I think he's the man for the moment. Indeed. We know he can get in there immediately. And, and he can help right this ship. He can get us on solid footing on a world stage. We can stop this, this very quick march into World War III. Mm -hmm. He can get our economy turned around. He's already done it before. We yep. had 17 year highs in, uh, in employment. We had every sector of our, uh, of our country, whether you were Hispanic, white, black, didn't matter, Asian, whatever, age group, everybody was doing better mm -hmm. with him. So we gotta get him back in office. My fear is that they're so worried that they were willing to unleash a, a virus on the world to mm -hmm. stop him before and shut down and change the way we did elections in 2020 so they could steal an election. If we don't think they're gonna try something like that again, then we're fooling ourselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, who knows, maybe they'll throw a war at us. Maybe they'll, they'll say uh, things are too dangerous out there to even hold elections. I don't know what they're capable of. I know they'll do anything to stop President Trump because he's the one guy who's protecting us and that's why I support him could care less about his tweets. Right. Frankly, I would take one of his tweets right now <laughs> as a way of communicating versus this bumbling idiocy and uh, nonsense that comes out of Joe Biden's mouth. Yeah. I want somebody who knows what the heck they're doing in the White House and that's, but I do wanna say this real quick. Mm -hmm. I have immense hope and confidence that we can do this. I'm, I'm a woman of faith and I believe with all of my heart 
that God placed us here, the people that are here right now, mm -hmm. at this moment for a reason. He mm -hmm. doesn't make mistakes. He put us here to get us through this and to be the fighters needed to get right. us through. I mean, the very fact that I'm sitting here with you, mm -hmm. that I even got into politics, if you would have told me three years ago, you're gonna leave your career and, and run for office and lead a huge movement and have one of the most amazing campaigns the country's ever seen, mm -hmm. I would have said, put down Hunter's crack pipe. <laughs> There's no way that's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. It just wasn't even on my radar. But when you, when you hand your life over to God and say, God, what do, you, what do you want me to do? How can I help? We're in trouble and I wanna help. It's amazing what he'll do. Well, you have been amazing. As I said earlier, I've watched your campaign. I've watched you go around the country. Um, I like to camp. I've got an RV and you know one of the things that you know, you always hear, especially being a Boy Scout, always leave your campsite better than you found it. I feel the same way about our country, and I feel like you indeed are, are walking the walk, and you're, you're doing exactly what everyone should be doing, and that's fighting for our future, for our children, our grandchildren. I have great-grandchildren, and, um, you know, we need to engage. And at the end of every episode, I, I tell people to be informed, be empowered, and be engaged. So. I just, I know you're on a, a tight schedule. I just want to say thank you for sitting down and, and talking with me today. Uh, you give me hope. I hope that oh. the listeners feel the same way. And uh, again, I'm a big fan and, you know, I, I will support you any way I can going so forward. Nice. And I appreciate you coming to the back room and talking uh, to us and, and sharing your feelings. As, as long as we're here on this planet, here on, uh, in this great country, and we are, you know, breathing air, we're useful and help. We can be helpful in Indeed. saving our country. I mean, I think about Benjamin Franklin at the age of 81 when a woman said, "What kind of a government have you, have you given us?" And he said, "A republic if you can keep it." That's right. We are in the if you can keep it part. Yeah. And every single one of us can step forward and help. That's what my whole campaign was. It was moms and dads, people who didn't have time, yep. but they made time because they knew that if they really did care about their kids, it wasn't just, you know, at, keeping them at home, feeding them, making sure their homework was done. It's stepping in and helping save our country exactly. for their kids. Yeah. And I'm in it for the long haul. The only way we lose is if we quit, and we're That's not right. gonna quit. So thank you for having me on. Well, thank you so much. Pleasure, thanks. Thank you. Well, there you are, folks. What a great opportunity to speak with such a great patriot, Carrie Lake. I really appreciate her taking time from her busy schedule to talk with us at Backroom Access today. She knows, like so many others in our nation, that we truly are at a crossroads and we must continue to fight against the forces that are determined to destroy our great republic. The events unfolding before us today are absolutely planned and we have no other choice but to engage in the fight against the tyranny we see in D.C. and all over our nation. We owe it to our children and our grandchildren to preserve our way of life and our constitutional republic. Well, thank you again for listening in today. I hope you enjoyed hearing our conversation with Carrie Lake. And remember, you can find all of our episodes at backroomaccess.com, as well as Spotify, Apple, and iHeart Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite content. As always, I want to encourage you to be informed, be empowered, and most of all, be engaged. Have a great week, 
and stay safe and well. And may God bless you and may God bless the great state of Texas. Until next week. Thank you for listening to Backroom Access. And remember, and remember, you deserve the truth about what is happening in your government. So stay informed and be empowered so you can engage in the process. For notes from today's show or to ask Jeff a question, please visit backroomaccess.com.